bassist is Paul Chambers. The drummer is Jimmy Cobb. On tennis saxophone, John Coltrane. Miles Davis.
like is gonna come back in style. Where we're from, the birds sing a pretty song. And there's always music in the air. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Bruning and Dance of the Dream Man.
concept behind the sandworms of Dune has attracted swarms of questions and speculations. The answer is that they are the mindless monster from the depths. At the same time, they are the guardians of the priceless treasure. They are both the source of treasure and the source of infinite danger. What is that except the embodiment of all the unknowns which confront questing life, questing awareness? Here is what it says in that definitive compendium, the terminology of the Imperium. Shai Hulud, Sandworm of Arrakis, the Old Man of the Desert, Old Father Eternity, and Grandfather of the Desert. Significantly, this name, when referred to in a certain tone, or written with capital letters, designates the Earth Deity of the Fremen Hearth superstitions. Sandworms grow to enormous size. Specimens longer than 400 meters have been seen in the deep desert, and they live to great age unless slain by one of their fellows or drowned in water, which is poisonous to them. Most of the sand on Arrakis is credited to sandworm action. They are gigantic chemical engines, alive and driven by their own needs, converting the raw stuff of their planet by heat of friction and chemical conversion into the priceless spice melange and into oxygen. Yet, they derive from the little maker, the so-called sand trout, which is identified as the creature which sealed off their planet's water, making it into a desert. Here then is the sandworm of Dune as you first see it from a position in the ornithopter piloted by the Duke Leto, accompanied by Gurney Halleck, the young Paul Atreides, and Liet Kynes, the imperial planetologist. Paul stretched up in the seat to peer ahead, saw a rolling yellow cloud low on the desert surface some 30 kilometers ahead. One of your factory crawlers, Kynes said. It's on the surface. That means it's on spice. The cloud is vented sand being expelled after the spice has been centrifugally removed. There's no other cloud quite like it. Aircraft over it, the Duke said. I see two, three, four spotters, Kynes said. They are watching for worm sign. Worm sign, the Duke asked. A sand wave moving toward the crawler. They'll have seismic probes on the surface, too. Worms sometimes travel too deep for the wave to show. Kynes swung his gaze around the sky. Should be a carry-all wing around, but I don't see it. The worm always comes, eh? Alec asked. Always. Paul leaned forward, touched Kynes' shoulder. How big an area does each worm stake out? Kynes frowned. The child kept asking adult questions. That depends on the size of the worm. What's the variation, the Duke asked. Big ones may control three or four hundred square kilometers, small ones. He broke off as the Duke kicked on the jet brakes. The ship bucked as its tail pods whispered into silence. Stub wings elongated, cupped the air. The craft became a full thopter as the Duke banked it, holding the wings to a gentle beat, pointing with his left hand off to the east beyond the factory crawler. Is that worm sign? Where the Duke pointed, crescent dune tracks spread shadow ripples toward the horizon, and running through them as a level line stretching into the distance came an elongated mound in motion, a cresting of sand. It reminded Paul of the way a big fish disturbed the water when swimming just under the surface. Worm, Kynes said, big one. The spice workers, threatened by the worm, are rescued from the factory crawler which was working on the desert surface. And as the ornithopter takes off, 
Paul, crushed into a corner beside a window, stared down at the silent machine on the sand. The worm sign had broken off about 400 meters from the crawler, and now there appeared to be turbulence in the sand around the factory. The worm is now beneath the crawler, Kynes said. You are about to witness a thing few have seen. Flecks of dust shattered the sand around the crawler now. The big machine began to tip down to the right. A gigantic sand whirlpool began forming there to the right of the crawler. It moved faster and faster. Sand and dust filled the air now for hundreds of meters around. Then they saw it. A wide hole emerged from the sand. Sunlight flashed from glistening white spokes within it. The hole's diameter was at least twice the length of the crawler, Paul estimated. He watched as the machine slid into the opening in a billow of dust and sand. The hole pulled back. Gods, what a monster, muttered a man beside Paul. Then, after treachery has marooned Paul and his mother in the moonlighted darkness of the deep desert, where the giant worms abound, a new sound began to impress itself on them. A muted whisper, a hissing, an abrasive slithering. Worm, Paul said. It grew louder. Faster, Paul gasped. The first rock shingle, like a beach slanting from the sand, lay no more than ten meters ahead of them when they heard metal crunch and shatter behind them. Their ornithopter was gone. Paul shifted his pack to his right arm, holding it by the straps. It slapped his side as he ran. He took his mother's arm with his other hand. They scrambled onto the lifting rock, up a pebble-littered surface, through a twisted, wind-carved channel. Breath came dry and gasping in their throats. I can't run any farther, Jessica panted. Paul stopped, pressed her into a gut of rock, turned, and looked down onto the desert. A mound in motion ran parallel to their rock island. Moonlit ripples, sand waves, a cresting burrow almost level with Paul's eyes at a distance of about a kilometer. The flattened dunes of its track curved once, a short loop crossing the patch of desert where they had abandoned their wrecked ornithopter. Where the worm had been, there was no sign of the aircraft. The burrow mound moved outward into the desert, coursed back across its own path, questing. It's bigger than a guild spaceship, Paul whispered. I was told worms grew large in the deep desert, but I didn't realize how big. Nor I, Jessica breathed. Again, the thing turned out away from the rocks, sped now with a curving track toward the horizon. They listened until the sound of its passage was lost in gentle sand stirrings around them. And yet again, as the two fugitives must cross open sand in the night, you get an even closer look at the sandworm. We must walk without rhythm, Paul said, and he called up memory of men walking the sand, both prescient memory and real memory. Watch how I do it, he said. This is how Fremen walk the sand. He stepped out onto the windward face of the dune, following the curve of it, moved with a dragging pace. Jessica studied his progress for ten steps, followed, imitating him. She saw the sense of it. They must sound like the natural shifting of sand, like the wind. But muscles protested this unnatural, broken pattern. Step, drag, drag, step, step, wait, drag, step. Time stretched out around them. The rock face ahead seemed to grow no nearer. The one behind still towered high. Lump, 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 lump. It was a drumming from the cliff behind them. The thumper, Paul hissed. 
Its pounding continued and they found difficulty avoiding the rhythm of it in their stride. Lump, 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 lump. They moved in a moonlit bowl, punctured by that hollowed thumping. Down and up through spilling dunes. Step, drag, wait, step. Across pea sand that rolled under their feet. Drag, wait, step. And all the while, their ears searched for a special hissing. The sound, when it came, started so low that their own dragging passage masked it. But it grew louder and louder out of the west, Lump, 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 drummed the thumper. The hissing approach spread across the night behind them. They turned their heads as they walked, saw the mound of the coursing worm. Keep moving, Paul whispered, don't look back. A grating sound of fury exploded from the rock shadows they had left. It was a flailing avalanche of noise. Keep moving, Paul repeated. He saw that they had reached an unmarked point where the two rock faces, the one ahead and the one behind, appeared equally remote. And still behind them, that whipping, frenzied tearing of rocks dominated the night. They moved on and on and on. Muscles reached a stage of mechanical aching that seemed to stretch out indefinitely, but Paul saw that the beckoning escarpment ahead of them had climbed higher. Jessica moved in a void of concentration, aware that the pressure of her will alone kept her walking. Dryness ached in her mouth, but the sounds behind drove away all hope of stopping for a sip from her still suit's catch pockets. Lump, lump. Renewed frenzy erupted from the distance cliff, drowning out the thumper. Silence. Faster. Black Plastic is a show you listen to on MutinyRadio.fm.
watch about five dollars, six dollars watch. Or two dollars, two fifty. Five dollars or two dollars? I don't know which one to show you. Two dollars. So what's the cheapest you got? I want cheapest. You got the money though. How much? Well, I mean, suppose we have one for five. Have you got? Well, could I put the puzzle on? How much? About a dollar. Does every day make three dollars, four dollars, five? You do make that much? Shining shoes? Yeah, cause I go singing. Singing? What do you mean? Sing. Well, what does that do? Build up the business, pal? Yeah. And the crowd comes. Got this one crowd. Yeah. We got two dollars in one crowd. Two bucks from one crowd. I love you, yes, I like this. Let's show for me. Show. You want to go to the show? Yeah, because it's raining. We can't make money on rainy day. Uh, so we're going to come. We, we can't make no money, then we have to go to the show. You have to go to the show because you can't make money. That's logical. And then when they come out at nighttime, then the rain stops, and then we sing. Well, listen, but, uh, what do you mean you got to call your father? Do you have to let your father know when you quit? Yeah. yeah. Why? If you won't, he's going to give us a beating. No. <laughs> yeah. And I want to buy me a watch before, you know, I want to go to school, you know, wake yeah. up in the morning and tell time. So you can't tell time what time. We always be late. And sometimes I wake up late and I don't know what time. That's why my father said I want to buy a watch. Yeah, what do you mean your father said? Did your father ask My you father money? said if you if you can make money, buy yourself a watch. What'd you do with all that money? We put it in the bank. Yeah, my father's sick, you know, he's in the hospital. Oh. Now let me see, I gotta get understand what you want. Will one watch be enough for the two of you? Yeah. Yeah. But what do you do? Tell time on his watch? No. You know, I'll tell him the time. Joe, you know what he does every morning? What? He always cheat me. How? I go 8.30 in school and he go 130. Okay, what time does he go? One o'clock and I go out uh, 8.30. And when he wakes up, he says it's 7 o'clock. You know, he lies me all the time. No. Well, every time I go to school, I always like one hour. I'm real sleepy and this is what time, what time, and I can say anything. Oh, you say anything because you haven't got a watch. Yes. Well, listen, maybe I can fix you up with a watch. Would you like a watch? Yeah. I love it. You love it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you like this one? I wish I had that one. Is it gone? He's rolling. It's rolling? Yeah. Well, listen, kids. Have you ever been on the radio? No. You either? No. You see this thing here? You know what that is? What's that? That's a microphone, see? And we just made a record of everything that you and I said. No kidding? Yeah. 
No, we made a record of it, and you two are both going to be on the radio. I'm scared. You're scared? Yeah. Well, it's all over now. You're on that record now, and you're going to be on the radio. What are you scared about? No kidding. Sure. And no kidding. Yeah. No, we made a record of it, and you two are both going to be on the radio. I'm scared. You're scared? Yeah. Well, it's all over now. You're on that record now, and you're going to be on the radio. What are you scared about? No kidding. Sure. And for being on the radio, here's your watch, free. No kidding. That's right. Oh, boy, Joey. Oh, boy. Like it? Yeah. I can go to school early now.
Delaware. Lingus. Eskimo. Miwok. Maidu. Crow. Cheyenne. Comanche. Zuni. Many tribes and many ways of life, many visions. Unlike, perhaps, in the way in which we lived in harmony with all that was around us. Conquering the wilderness, the white man said. <laughs> Why did he feel this wilderness, this land from which he drew life, was something to be conquered? We have never understood. This land was our friend, our mother. Only a very troubled man who understood nothing of life, the circle and where he had come from, would think of conquering his mother. So we, who were here before the white man, were alike in our respect for the earth. But in other things, we were as unalike as the cedars of the Tlingit land were to the mesquite of the Navajo. And it is misleading to think of us as one. One. For example, how did we say one? Wanjita, the Dakota. Kapa. The Choctaw. Azco. The Pawnee. Baji. Ojibwa. Pank. The Cree. Junkyada. The Winnebago. Sogwa. The Cherokee. Uguito. And that was my brother, the Mohegan. So you see, we did not talk with each other a great deal. But for our purposes here, we first Americans will miraculously speak in English. And what will we tell in our miraculous English? For us, inland from the sea, our lives ride on the backs of the great caribou, but even more, on the backs of our dogs.
let's see what we got. We're going to do pre-Columbian love, Brett Smiley. Should we do that or Spaces? Yeah, we love Brett Smiley. Brett Smiley was a guy. Okay, I just want to do it. I'm going to do it really super quick. He died. He died recently. He was one of the original glam rockers. Barbara, we can't talk while you're talking. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to play it. Love you guys. We'll, we'll tune in next week, and uh, we'll be back with more great, um, entertaining uh, radio for you. Coming here on the Roxy Roller Radio Show every Saturday, 4 to 6, on Mutiny Radio. Come on, give me give me some music there. There it goes. It's going to happen. There we go. Love you guys. See you next week.
brown. Like seriously, that thing makes the Coit Tower look like a skinny ass, short little fucking chode. Uh, but the bigger issue was the fact that I too can see the Salesforce Tower from my office building. So now I've got to figure out which one of my coworkers is secretly showing me their dick. Um, Something else I discovered, um, so another thing about myself that I should mention is I'm also a sex educator here in San Francisco. Uh, it's, I want to say that it is a honorable profession, but really 90% of the time I spend telling people what they can and can't put in their ass. Like fists, absolutely. Peanut butter jars, not so much. I've actually seen x-rays of people that have like beer bottles in their ass and I look at it and I'm just like, oh, Corona? If, if you're going to put a beer bottle in your fucking ass, at least have some respect and put an IPA or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like racer, Lagunitas, like that's how I know you go hoard. You know what I mean? In the paint. Um... Uh, as you've probably, I also, I also talk to people and my students, I talk to them about pornography. I'm responsible for putting together a four panel montage of porn called fuck a palooza. That shit makes two girls, one cup look like a fucking cooking video. It's ridiculous. I love porn. It's so awesome to be able to say that I watch porn for educational purposes is the biggest cop out in the world. And I take advantage of it every fucking second I can, uh, as you've probably figured out. I don't teach sex ed to kids, uh, not for any moral reasons or anything like that, but more so, um, 12 year olds all have iPads and iPhones at this point. And seriously, if they're not smart enough to open up a uh, Pornhub or like, or bang bus and figure out how to do it themselves, honestly, they deserve to get chlamydia. Uh, one of the other things that I enjoy about being a sex educator is the potential for self-growth and self-discovery. And something that I've discovered in my several years as a sex educator is that I like BDSM. I'm into very rough sex. You guys into that shit? I fucking love rough sex. Like, ah, I want to feel that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to make love? Get a girlfriend. Mama's trying to fuck. Mama's trying to fuck. I got some shit to do afterwards. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's just, um, if you haven't figured out by my um, athletic physique, I'm not a huge fan of having to engage in physical activity without incentives. So uh, I want to feel that shit. Like when I have sex with somebody, I, I want to feel like I went through some shit to get there. Like I want to, like I like the slapping. I like the hitting. I like the pinching. I like the grabbing and the hair pulling and the, uh, I want to feel like Sharkeisha's opponent. I want to feel like I did CrossFit. Like I hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. Like I did Soul Cycle. Like I'm from Hayward. So I want to feel like I ran from the cops and lost. I want to feel like I did a marriage. American fucking ninja warrior. Like, if I can't call my mom afterwards and ask her for some illegal Filipino painkillers, to me, as I'm far as far as I'm concerned, it's not real. But I do have limitations. I mean, let's let's be honest. If you choke me in bed and the sex lasts for less than five minutes, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> you did not come. You did not need to come up in my room in my house and assault me for no reason. Just ridiculous <laughs> so uh one of the other things that i've discovered uh, to circle it back to uh, how i've been finding people to fuck um is tinder like that that thing is such a trip like i realize i have a type i really do have a type i like i like big like i like bigger guys you know what i'm saying i like like dad bods like i like wow what do we like? I don't know about you, but I'm already exhausted and asexual from that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I just you. went like you turned asexual. I just went com 
completely opposite way. Ryan sees sexual too. (laughs) (laughs) The truth comes out on air. (laughs) Well, it's nice to have a pair of headphones that work over here. My God. Yeah, the studio is looking good. We have uh, merch available as well. We have t-shirts for $15, lighters and buttons for $1. You're right. It is really fucking clean in here. Like cleaner than my apartment clean. Yeah, I think it's the the festival... uh, did a you know they did a deep, deep cleaning for that oh, which was right. much needed and mm-hmm. things are looking great at mutiny radio and if you like to donate to help us get more uh merch or better equipment please do on our website mutinyradio.fm Thanks to Pam, and thanks to Suggest for keeping it going, keeping it real. And the sun is still out, so um, spring is in full bloom now. I feel like the winter wasn't as long this time around. No, I think also because we were just so fucking everywhere. Like We were really busy um, and kind of just chilled at home. Uh, But it seems like today uh, is one of those you know, first days of the year where people have gone out and just enjoy some sunshine, even though it is kind of windy out and you still need a coat. Mm-hmm. It's still nice to go out for a stroll and, you know, get a coffee or ice cream if you're the adventurous type. And uh, Coffee, ice cream sounds good. Or an affogato. Who, you know, <laughs> there's no rules to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a lot of kids outside, obviously. Today is a very important day um, for families and... Um, Basically, all Americans that have attended public schools or uh, just school in general, I believe, um, for March for Our Lives. It's been incredible seeing all those people out there and just voicing their their opinions and, and having important things to say about the way we are shaping um, today's children and how we want a public system like school and universities and Mm -hmm. I don't know, just any public establishment run by the government to actually run for its people. So Mm -hmm. it's been really neat. And I don't know, just, I was thinking while you were talking, what could I say in response to that? And, you know, us not being in school for for quite a while now right right? maybe it'll be the tip of the iceberg for some of these other changes that we were really looking for in 2016 we were looking for some changes in not just gun control or gun safety but health care and women's rights and um, you know a lot of other things that are that may or may not be important to us so maybe it's just another like I said tip of the iceberg there right so it's uh it's been a trip it's been a trip uh since 2017 since mm-hmm. january of 2017 wow it's only been 14 months yeah i mean a little over that but yeah so uh yeah let's see what the rest of the time has to offer so far uh i don't really think he's doing anything the way he's supposed to which I guess was the whole point of him being in an office, but it's, it's it's really bad. Instead of being proactive, which I think a president, at least I think a pres- president should be, it's completely the opposite, right? It's very reactive. And almost immediately when he became president, we went back 50 years, like almost immediately, like overnight. It's like our... 
a, at least a part of the country did. I mean, a lot of us are trying to move forward, right? But right. with him being elected, it was definitely going back. It's just a sad time in American history, I think. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious to see how this is going to be translated in the textbooks or whatever mm-hmm. it is that kids are going to use in the future. If it's not text, then, you know, iPads or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just curious to see how this is going to turn out because we are in this and there's like, this is something we have to get through as Americans and um, try not to make the gap even wider. I hope um, I hope with everything that's happening with these women uh, suing him in a you know in a legal uh, a legal way and uh, this Russia investigation that all of this is just going to speed up the impeachment process. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's hope in that. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. this is this is a wish. I don't know. I mean, I was looking at some comments. I don't normally, I look at stories online, but I don't necessarily look at people's comments because I try not to focus on other people's opinions. I don't know if that's good or bad because I want to try and formulate my own opinion, but I guess everything is just opinion these days. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I guess I think you're right. I think it is a really interesting Time right now. This is the first time we've had a president who's very, you know, has a very, uh, uh, he's very opinionated, and a lot of stuff is very, you know, subjective to him, which kind of makes us question our own reality, or at least has made me question my own. I just hope it, that this brings people more together than it divides them. I know that right now it looks like it's dividing people, but I honestly do think that even people who have voted for Trump and are strong-willed uh, Republicans have kind of been over it. And um, yeah, so that's that's my only like hope for all of this shit is that it'll bring more people together to make a smarter choice next time around. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, man, these are the times. (laughs) Um, I did see that Paul McCartney was Mm. at the March for Our Lives in New York, and I thought that was so good. Like, I honestly, I didn't expect that for some reason. And, you know, he made a comment about how he lost a friend in um, around, we're in New York in Central Park, um, you know, a few years ago due to gun violence. And that was like that kind of... It hit at their heartstrings, basically. <laughs> um, also, yeah. his friend John Lennon. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the one he's talking about. Yeah, that's it immediately <laughs> when you said Central Park. I was like, wait, is he talking about? Yeah, he's John? talking about John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> but he was really coy about it. Um, and then jo- Yoko Ono posted, you know, the picture, the infamous or famous pictures of um, John Lennon's glasses after he was shot, and she collected mm-hmm. it and it has like oh, their blood stain. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really powerful and, and they're really influential, influential people, not influential so much as the younger for the, for the younger generation, but for adults who are in position of power, I want to say at, when they were younger, they probably listened to the Beatles, you know? So I don't know. It, it was, to me, it was really powerful to see, mm-hmm. but absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Well, the midterms, um, they keep talking about midterm elections coming up. So I guess, 
you know, we thought 2016 was important, but definitely, you know, make, make a point to turn up for 2018 as well. Um, I think I've only missed, since I've been able to vote, I think I've only missed one voting time. I don't know what it's called. Voting schedule, like for <laughs> local yeah. candidates or whatever. Yeah, one election. Yeah. But always, you know, I've always turned up for presidential, for governors, you know. It's um, it's important. Yeah, now we have to make it a point to go to every single election. Because <laughs> yeah. those things are accumulating in um, more negative ways than positive, so. Yeah. But then, just one more thing on the state of affairs here. It's really interesting thinking that our election was probably swayed by an outside source and that was the first thing that was one of the first things that really came to my mind when i saw that he won i thought um, it was rigged i thought it was rigged but also i felt like wow like this whole russia thing like immediately like out of the bag it just um was somehow you know a, a talking point like wow he loves russia and he has nothing bad to say about him and then you know look where we at now compared to um november you know election 2016 it's it was like well we saw all of this coming yet we we didn't really do enough to to stop it when we could have yep <sighs> But um, yeah, hopefully 2018 will be better. That's all we can. We have to be positive, um, just like these uh, children that are marching on Washington, which is kind of interesting because you think about the civil rights movement and you think about the, the anti-war movement. I mean, I guess some of them were children, but they were of age. They were, you know, college, university um, and older, obviously, but these are children. Yeah. <laughs> so just you let know. that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> just p thinking about that, it's mm -hmm. it's kind of sickening, is the word that yep. comes to my mind. But I'll just leave it at that. <sighs> food for thought. <laughs> food, for, food for thought, people. Let's get to some music news. Yeah. Lighten, lighten things Not up. that it's any less dramatic, you know, <laughs> but it doesn't affect us as bad. Well, we haven't talked about um, International Women's Day. Because uh, uh, that was a couple weeks ago. Big but, um, fan. Yeah, so there's an article in uh, The Enemy. Every day should be International Women's Day. Yes, sir. And Ma'am, should I say. <laughs> <laughs> let's switch it up man because that's another thing that trump said he was going to do which was ban um transgender people in the military right right or okay. give him lesser uh i guess now he's saying he's going to give him lesser lesser jobs okay. in the military so you know oh my god like that's like that's really important <laughs> okay um i don't know how you celebrated international women's day this year i did it by loudly singing the songs of courtney love nina simone and patty smith while cooking two pies to look like boobs and welding a piece of metal wall art in the shape of a uterus <laughs> and simultaneously smashing the patriarchy <laughs> Yeah, that's how you do it. Bake some pipes. Then I had or a pies. then I had a lion and watched repeats of Broad City. I still have to watch that. Oh, it's so good. This I imagine is much the same as they do in Italy, where the day is named La Festa della Donna and has been celebrated since the end of World War II. 
originally a socialist knees up the Italian take on the March 8th proceedings, involves women ghosting men for the whole day while they surround themselves with flowers and delish wine and cook up a tasty-sounding cake called torta mimosa, the key ingredient of which is citrusy booze. Sounds like a right laugh, doesn't it? In fact, it sounds like the kind of thing that shouldn't just be limited to a once-a-year celebration. There's no doubt in my mind that International Women's Day is a very good thing indeed. But what does that mean for the other 364 days of the year? Are these, by default, an almost endless run of International Men's Days? Well, yeah. Remember when you were seven and you'd ask your parents on Mother's Day when Children's Day was? Mm. (laughs) I never did that. I should have. And they'd sigh and say, every day is Children's Day. Uh, It's basically that all over again, but you replace kids with grown men. Hmm. Saying that women's achievements should only be shouted about and celebrated on one day of every year negates the amazing, largely silent work that women do in the shadows every second of every minute. In the UK, it's women who dominate the caring professions like nursing, dealing with long hours, low pay, and little thanks. It's women like this that we need to be thinking and thinking of constantly, women who literally keep this country alive. There's still so much to fight for. Equal pay, the fact that no woman I know feels safe on the street late at night, the threat of harassment at work, the notion that when a woman when a woman stands up for herself, she's either hysterical or a bitch, the saggy gusset that all tights get at roughly 2 p.m. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Women need more than a day to celebrate themselves. They need regular payback for centuries of repression. Oh, and tights with functioning gussets. That must be something that's a part of tights. It's also very British. <laughs> there's, there's so much to fight for. And I, I, I agree with that. All right. That was their opinion. Um, but a lot of stuff, I guess, I don't, you probably do this too, but a lot of stuff I read... It's kind of, um, and this is something on social media too, right? Where it's uh, it's backing your point of view or reiterating mm-hmm. your your thought process, your agreeable way of thinking. I forgot what the what the term is, but oh, okay. I have uh, Jack White in the news uh, defending his uh, this little box that we call a cell phone ban. I want people to live in the moment. Uh, he's quoting, it's funny that the easiest way to revel is to tell people to turn off their phone. The third man rocker says. <laughs> yeah, I don't want people taking my phone away. Um, <laughs> next month, Jack White's embarking on a massive North American tour in support of the new album, Boarding House Reach. But don't expect to see any of the sh- shredding on Facebook. Uh, White recently White recently announced that he's banning cell phones from every non-festival stop on the jaunt, and this and the decision with that's bound to infuriate more than a few fans. No photos, video, or audio recording devices allowed. Reads White. Um, we'd think you'd enjoy looking up from your gadgets for a little while and experience music and uh, our shared love of it in person. Those who bring their phones to the show will be need to lock them away in yonder pouches while in the venue. The fuck is yonder? 
over uh, yonder over yonder um in a new interview with the toronto star white defending uh defense the that's he didn't separate the d from defense the band pointing out that how no one uses their phones at the movie church or at the symphony he continued i want people to live in the moment and it's funny that the easiest way to reveal it is to tell people to turn off their phones you can read the comments below uh, which is i was hoping it would be more of an art project i wanted to surprise people and i thought it would be great if people showed up and they found out right when they got there that there were these pouches for their phones and i thought it would excite them possibly make them some some of them upset but it's funny i go to the movies and everyone turns off their phone and you go to the symphony and there's no phones church no phones these are all these places where it's already happening so let's try to rock let's try the rock and roll concert and see what happens i mean i want people to live in the moment and it's funny that they use this way i already read that part so many times and it's important that you can live without it for two hours then i don't know maybe it's time to see a therapist if you can't White's distance for glowing devices at this concert isn't a new thing. Below, watch him discuss the topic on Conan O'Brien during a 2014 episode. This is out of consequence of sound. So he, it was pretty much like he said it was an art experiment? or He, he, he thought it would be an art experiment to not tell people and see how they react when they get to his show. To be like, you have to put your phones in this pouch called Yonder. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I get what he's trying to do. Yeah, but that's just not the world we live in but anymore. It's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of up to the user, right? But it, it shows that we've been to, we're like, come on. Yeah. Stop filming the whole fucking show. I mean, I get like filming, you know, a couple seconds of each song, you know, taking a few photos, but some people take it to the oomph level, yeah. and that's what maybe he's thinking about or what people focus on yeah i I mean i honestly it does bother me when um for example when i go to a concert and then the person has the phone the whole time and is just recording the whole time that bothers me because i get that if you want to record like i always record like a snippet of like my favorite part or maybe like a song that i that i know it's going to be like i want to keep that forever because i like the song a lot or whatever I do that too, but I won't sit there for the whole song one and I won't do it super often because I know that the people behind me appreciate looking at the performance live and not at my screen because that's very distracting. It's distracting to me when people do it to me. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be that person to somebody else, Mm -hmm. but that's just me. And that's the thing it's like you you're your own person you can make your own decisions about that if you want to do that if you want to be that douchebag then go ahead and be that douchebag <laughs> as for me this is how i will proceed you know but that's where that's where things get blurry because it's like do you have the choice to make that or is jack white gonna make that choice for you in this instance he's making that choice for you <laughs> i mean <laughs> no, it's kind of- i'm yeah i'm still my own person i love jack white but you know fuck you <laughs> on my phone no yeah exactly so in other music news um david byrne has come out of hiding well he hasn't really been hiding but i hope not he has a hundred plus dates and i caved in and bought a ticket to see him at uh bill graham uh i believe he's playing a couple nights there and then he's also playing in uh at the fox theater 
So he's doing a couple shows, <laughs> excuse me, in the Bay Area. He's also doing a couple festival appearances. But anyways, um, he's going to be touring for his new album, American Utopia. And the enemy gives it four stars, saying, uh, and then they like to give a couple words as to you know the feeling that they get behind the album. So they mm-hmm. said hope, quirky, and melodic. And I think those describe him pretty well. <laughs> Um, the Talking Heads icon uses optimism and eccentricity to bandage the world's ills. <laughs> In the opening weeks of 2018, David Byrne went on tour, not with his live show, but with a presentation. From New York to Milan, he conducted lectures under the banner Reasons to be Cheerful. Those sessions were about spreading optimism in a world where depressing news is never far away. Byrne spotlighted the positive things humans are doing, progressive initiatives in areas from technology to transport, practical ideas that are improving the world. The point is, in these dispiriting times, the 65-year-old still believes in hope, and more importantly, is encouraging people to do the same. It's clear, then, that American Utopia isn't a sarcastic title for the former talking head Talking Heads Man's first solo album in 14 years. It neither points and laughs at the present mess, nor claims to map the future. Instead, in its own abstract way, it confronts the big questions, everything from how did we get into this mess, to can we start over? And let's see, if that sounds about as fun as Peston on Sunday, fear not, it never wallows in those quandaries because, well, it's a David Byrne album, which is to say it's melodic, goofy, and highly quirky. Take, for example, the lyrics from Every Day is a Miracle, a song that has a sunny chorus that sounds like UB40, Cockroach Might Eat, Mona Lisa, The Pope Don't Mean Shit to a Dog, and Elephants Don't Read Newspapers, and The Kiss of a Chicken is Hot. (laughs) Figure that out. It's an album pack with Burns' trademark uh, eccentricity with the odd accessible moment the delightful everybody's coming to my house written with long-term collaborator brian eno and featuring sampha the best of those for the talking heads traditionalists the closest thing here is it's not dark up here elsewhere doing the right thing has a tantal tantalizingly banging an outro and this is that as a beautiful theatrical ballad the mind is a soft-boiled potato he sings <laughs> he sings at one point coming from anybody else that'd be ridiculous from burn it's not only sounds like a reasonable observation but also kind of profound um Oh, and then a strange but true fact, David Byrne is an avid cyclist and once designed a range of bike racks installed across New York. Ah, did not know that. That is a fun fact. Interesting. I had a lot of fun with that fact. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm excited to, you know, see him. Yeah. Please do. Um you know, who, who knows what might happen. But uh, a part of me was always thinking, ah, like when the Talking Heads got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame many years ago, I was like, ah, it's possible. But, you know, it's, he's been pretty dormant since then. I mean, yeah. making appearances. Here and there. Yeah. Oh. Come on, David Byrne. Come on. Let's get together with Talking Heads. 
do it. Uh, MIA is in the news. Uh, MIA expresses vindication over Facebook Cambridge analytical scandal. Mm. Quoting, it's nice when you end up the smart one at the end of the day and not some paranoid crazy peasant. That's how she talks, by the way. Um, MIA has long been critical of the internet and social networks and their alleged connections to the government. In 2010, she said to Nylon, Google and Facebook were developed by the CIA. In addition, her Maya opening song, The Message, from the year that includes the lyrics, iPhone connected to the internet, connected to the Google, connected to the government. In 2013, after Edward Snowden leaked information about the NSA, MIA acknowledged her lyrics presence by calling out publications including this one that criticized the message now mia has reacted to the ongoing facebook cambridge analytical scandal it's nice when you end up the smart one at the end of the day not some paranoid crazy person she wrote mia previously called out facebook in january when she tweeted my social medias has frozen since last year but this they want your support They want you to support the war in Iran because their Instagram is blocked by evil dictators. Uh, And then she did the Z emoji, like the sleeping Z's emoji. Facebook says it's deleting accounts at the direction of the U.S. and Israeli governments. This week, MIA also called out Instagram. She posted on Instagram that she believed that the platform has caped her following count. She shared or capped her following count. And she shared a photo of her page with the words, Mark Zucks. <laughs> with the Z. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. In the caption she wrote, uh, through how they hold certain people down, it's easy to see who they uphold. Throughout mm. who they uphold, it's easy to see how lost they want you, or how lost they want you. Hmm. Mm. So she posted a few screenshots of her following count and how it's been at that count for a long time. Um, oh, that's yeah. not accurate. It's yeah, cause, like she's not. It's not changing. Interesting. So they capped her out. She continued. Instagram was like Facebook. Facebook bought Instagram in 2012. They want you. They want to let you know that my social media presence is weak, but they manufacture the concept of what weak is and what it when what's strong. Now look at this little game does uh, the little game does to everything: insecurity, jealousy, envy, rivalry, and greed. Can we move it along? Darkness breeds darkness. One follower commented, "Then why keep using if they're doing you wrong?" Mia responded with, "You know, I can't." withstand this little pity thing sometimes you gotta let them fuck you up because the lesson is greater picture forecast con- uh, contacted mia's representatives you can read the how mia is the lifeline of t- in times of terror if times of terror at the pitch and this is at, of course at a pitchfork.com hmm. yeah. i didn't know about that yeah she did write a lot of songs about uh social media and how on there um, I've also worked with bass player alternative press um, right now Around. let's see what we got we're gonna do pre-Columbian love Brett smiling Proud. 
of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. at mutinyradio.fm it's a great place to listen to crazy things subliminal sf visual and auditory mind control brings you the best coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind bending local bands and shows at venues all over san francisco in the bay area subliminal sf is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. 
and experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. <laughs> know anything about it sorry all on my limited view yes every tuesday from 12 to 2 uh oh you can if you can also find us on apple Podcasts. oh yeah and google play and stitcher itunes oh you already said that tune in radio uh stitcher you said that spotify oh my god there's just so many and overcast um yes you can also find us on social media m as in mary l as in larry p as in peter podcast mov podcast is our handle Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your review. Yes. Bye. Bye. That that kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and I'm giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey.
be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude. PM, rock and roll, only night of the week we have a... Yeah, yeah. No. Struggles and challenges. Old inmates of the jail welcome new prisoners. In the sky, white clouds are chasing the black ones away. White clouds and black have drifted out of our sight. On Earth, free people are huddled into the jail. Hard is the road of life. Having climbed over steep mountains and high peaks, how should I expect on the plains to meet greater danger? In the mountains, I met the tiger and come out unscathed. On the plains, I encountered men and was thrown into prison. I was a representative of Vietnam, on my way to China to meet an important personage. On the quiet road, a sudden storm broke loose, and I was thrust into jail as an honored guest. I am a straightforward man with no crime on my conscience, but I was accused of being a spy for China. So life, you see, is never a very smooth business. Now the present bristles with difficulties. Morning. Every morning.
everyone starts on the hunt for lice. At eight o'clock, the gong sounds for the morning meal. Come on, let's go and eat to our heart's content. For all we have suffered, there must be good times coming. Noon. In the cell, how lovely it is to have a siesta. For hours, we're carried away in sound sleep. I dream of riding a dragon up into heaven. Waking, I'm brought abruptly back into prison. Afternoon. Two o'clock, the cell door opens to let fresh air in. Everyone raises his head for a look at the sky. Free spirits haunting the sky of liberty. Do you know your own kind are languishing in prison? Prison meals. At every meal, only one bowl of red rice, without vegetables, without salt, and even no broth to go with it. Those who get food brought into them can sometimes eat their fill. But without help from outside the jail, we groan with hunger. The Gruel Inn. At the side of the road, in the shade of a big tree, a thatched hut serves as an inn for passing travelers. But there's no wine for the guests of this institution. The menu is just cold rice gruel and white salt.